like years since I last really slept. I got chills through my skin from nervous sweat. Accelerating, hallucinating, I'm digging in my nails. But one thing I have, they don't see me. Welcome to the Topic of Conversation with your host, Rob Scoggins, Jr. Hey everybody and welcome. My name is Rob Scoggins. I am the host of the Topic of Conversation. We're here every Wednesday night here at the Original Brooklyn's and just so happy that to be here. We want to thank Di and Jimmy and the rest of the gang here at Original Brooklyn's, which is about 100 yards away from where the Broncos play. They've got a great patio, a great porch upstairs, and a great area all around uh, here. Tons of free parking, a block away from light rail, and two blocks from the bus station. So there's no excuse not to come down on a Wednesday night or anytime. If you just want to watch a fight or a baseball game, it's a great, uh, wonderful, historic uh, sports bar right here in downtown Denver, the original Brooklyn's. And tonight's topic of conversation is realty, is the world of homes, is how our country began. And I've got a guy here tonight who knows that because he was there when our country began. He's one of our founding fathers. No, he's not one of our founding fathers. But um, he knows so much about the world of realty. We are both Virginians. We're both, he and I are both uh, born, uh, well, I was raised in Virginia. He was uh, born there and, and had a little time there, and he'll tell us more about that. Uh, please welcome to the show, Mike Dovell. How are you? Good. Is it Dovell or Deville or Devol or how, what is it? Dovell makes it easy. It does? Yeah, like I, was, I mentioned to you before, my family settled in the Page Valley in Virginia. Yeah. About 1700, and it was mostly Germans. And my people were actually from France originally, but came over from England. Okay. And they settled there in the valley. And any Doval out there is the one. That's how they say it there because it's Germanic. There are a lot of Germans settled it, and that's how they would pronounce it. So that's how we pronounce it. So are your relatives? Are they go? Do they go far as far back as you know, Sons of the Confederacy? Are you one so, of those guys? Yeah, but even back to the Revolution. Oh wow, even further. Yeah. Holy yeah. Lord. There were there were twenty five Dovals on the payroll of the Confederacy. Do you remember what they got paid? Did you look that up? No, nobody ever told me. It hmm. probably, was, probably wasn't much. Not much. Not a lot. So when you, are you, are you were born in Virginia? Yes. In, in Luray area, Luray yes. Caverns? Yes. We have Cave of the Winds out here. Right. But you guys have, we, over where we're from, are the caverns. Right. The huge, beautiful caverns uh, that you got to be, uh, did you go spelunking? Were you a spelunker as a small child? Yeah, to some degree. Yeah? Yeah, I don't like tight places. So, <laughs> so no, no caving for you. Well, I did it, but yeah. yeah. You know, growing up in the, growing up in the uh, crazy, wonderful east coast of the mountains, um, I guess you wouldn't be called a hillbilly, but you'd be, you know, a moonshiner, though. Yeah, you got some moonshine refer- and you're... Referred to by both, yeah. The Dukes of Devol. Yeah, we, uh, we've... we've uh, <laughs> Partaking in a little peach moonshine. Oh, peach is the best, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. I think, you know, peach, there's, there's rye whiskey, or rye, rye moonshine, and corn moonshine, but there's nothing that beats a good peach moonshine. It's about the size of it. Yeah. And it, do you think it migrated up from Georgia? It just came all the way up here? Mm, no, these guys were, they've been doing they, it there for a long, long time. time. Do, do you know how? Have you ever, oh, yeah. Did you learn how? Oh, well, I know What's the how. secret to a good moonshine? Do you, do you, is it the coin, is it the koiju yours, and how it drips, or? The mash. Uh, is it the mash? You know, you got to have the mash. That's got to be right. Mm-hmm. And if you use something like peaches, it ferments pretty good on its own. You don't have to add a lot of sugar. Right. And so it's so, peach monster mash, right? More or less, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and they cook it, boil it off, and it, the, the, the uh, steam goes up through the condenser, 
drips down into the whatever they're putting it in. How long does it take to make a little jug normally? Oh, I don't know. A little chug of moonshine? I don't know, probably. Just depends on how big it is and what the operation's like, so on and so forth. I mean, have you ever built your own home? Because, you know, out there in Virginia, people build their own homes. They just cut down a couple trees and. Yeah, did it at my first house. I bought, I built it. You built it? Actually, did I you built it? it? Yeah. You built it with your hands. Well, but with between staff. My, yeah, I was there. Your, and, your family. And building it. Now I was a contractor, and he and I worked together. We what? were building houses for other people, too. Was it wood or brick? Most of it, well, about two-thirds wood, and about the rest of it was rock, and then glass. Glass probably took up more than of the front of the house than anything else. Was land, was land as expensive as it is now? Oh, no. What could you buy an acre for in, in rural Virginia back then? Up mountain land, you could buy it for 2500 an acre when, we st- when I started. Wow. And, and now? It was so funny because the people we... Uh, we originally started working with uh, the farmers and whatnot and developing their land. They never had any idea that somebody would pay $2,500 for an acre of mountain land. And people in D.C., which is about 80, the, my hometown is like exactly 80 miles from the Key Bridge going okay. into Washington, D.C. And um, So it's D.C., you were talking about D.C., yeah, $2,500, yeah, tw- 80 people, miles away. P- people in D.C. never had any idea you could buy an acre of ground for $2,500. Right. The best thing I ever, nobody wanted to come in and buy land from a... a That's like the Reston Herndon area now, right? Not the, where I... Not, not, not where you were, but further. They're still, they're quite a ways away. Okay. Yeah. And they just didn't have any idea that you could buy it for that. So, But they still didn't want to buy it in a subdivision. So I, ex- I, I listed this house one day, and it was a little, little old house in the country on five acres with a stream on the land. And boy, I'll tell you what, that brought them out of the woodwork when I ran that ad. Sure. So I didn't want to sell the house because it was such a great leader ad. So when you go in there, I said, well, watch your step. You could, you know, there's probably snakes around and stuff like that. And then there'd be snake skins on the floor and stuff and things that had uh, creep and crawl around <laughs> and whatnot. And so I would get them kind of like, oh, man, I'm not going to get start working in this with all this kind of animals growing in the walls and stuff. So I said, well, let me show you what would probably work better for you. And I would use that as a leader ad to sell my lots and build houses for them. Wow. And what year was this? Mm, between 77 and 1980. 77 and 1980. Yeah. What did a house in 1977 go for? Do you remember back in that area? Probably. I mean, probably 50000 would have been yeah. a big house. My parents bought their house on Monument Avenue for like thirty-five grand. Right. 42 years later, they sell it for over a million. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable I, real estate. I, I doubt that's happened there, but... Right. But 50 grand for a nice size home, I mean, that's a lot of money back then. Mm-hmm. Especially since, you know, inflation all the other stuff. When did you know that, that this was going to be a career for you? When you were in Virginia, did you get your realty license? Was Remax around back then? We'll talk no. a little bit about that. No. Well, they weren't around there. That, I mean, that just started. It was still in Denver. Dave Leniger started it, and my office is one of the original franchises, one of the original two. Nobody's sure whether it was the first one or the second one, but Dave Leniger opened our office. In Denver? In Denver. In Denver, Colorado. Right. Remax started right here. Right. When, when homes, we, 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 all live in a, we all live in little, in little you know, huts back in the day, you know, and, and we all lived around a town. We all lived around a church. We all lived in a little social section of a city. 
when did the urban sprawl start? Was that after World War II? Or was that, you know, when did that start happening? I mean, the baby boomers had a lot to do with that. But in your mind, tell us a little bit about the history of housing in the United States. I remember when they had built the first condos in Richmond. And I thought, well, that's a pretty good idea. Gives everybody a place to start. And that's the way it always has been, too, after the fact. And you got to have something that people are, that's very affordable that people can buy, generate appreciation, use that, whatever they've saved, and move on to the next place. And so you have to have that turnover. When It's, it's an interesting thing. If you don't have a lot of uh, relocation, then what happens is this person sells the condo to somebody, but then everybody that sells something puts a house back in the market and then takes one off. So it, you don't really lose any inventory. It all stays the same. But when you have the influx of people coming in and aren't, aren't needing to sell a house, then they're taking houses off the market. And that's what, in fact, that's what's kind of going on here today. Sure. In, uh, in Virg- let's use uh, the East Coast and the sprawl. It seems like in our country we love living on the borders. Mm-hmm. And I mean borders, like East Coast, of, you know, near, near the water and near the Atlantic uh, and, and the Pacific on the West Coast. And then people love living in Florida on the coast. We just, there's so much room in the middle. I mean, there's so much room uh, here in Wyoming and in, in Colorado. Uh, I mean, not here in Wyoming, but here in Colorado, Wyoming, uh, Utah, New Mexico, all those, all these states out here. Um, and the people, it looks like people are now starting to find out that these states exist because there isn't much room left on the east and west coast, and it has, you know, outgrown themselves. You've got 35 million people living in California. You've got, it, you've got over uh, 14 people living on an island, you know, in New York. So it's, it's just unbelievable to me how REMAX has done it and, and doing it well. What does REMAX stand for? Maximum real estate is how it started. Is that that, what that it was? was what it was actually. I thought and, it was and, relocation and, to and, the max. And a later, and a lady by the name of Linda Love yeah. was the one who actually came up with the original maximum real estate. Okay. And uh, so and then it was changed to Remax. I guess it looked better. They are one of the most recognizable, you know, logos in the country. Should be. You spend about a billion a year on on marketing that logo that uh, that brand. A billion a year. A billion on, a year. on the on the uh, balloon. Mm-hmm. Now, why did they choose the Hot air balloon. Once again, that was in the original. Uh, you know, I don't really know why. To Does tell you the truth, because so, you know, my imagination. Maybe I, I, being above the crowd. Yeah, I tried. Yeah, I tried. I tried to look it up. I think above the crowd. What about Dorothy? Does anything do with you know Wizard of Oz going to a different land, going to a different world? No, no. Just probably being a. It's like a above the crowd. It's above what the crowd. I, what I've, I've been with Remax since 1987. And that's basically what the, the rumor is around the house, is right. it's probably being above the crowd. Correct. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody in it? I mean, or is it empty? I mean, do you know if there's anybody? I can't see anybody. I well, mean, can I can't anybody? either if you can. I mean, for I can't sure. see anybody in it. <laughs> I've just always wondered if there's, you know, you have a little person just waving that no one can see. You know, or you have a cat in there or a dog. I don't know. But nothing. No, Maybe Dorothy. No? It, it's, I've never seen one big enough. No. <laughs> I always thought it stood for relocation to the max. No. No. You you had you weren't you weren't born on a relocation branch. You were born on on just housing, right? Right. And when you were at, back in '87, right? You started in '87. Mm-hmm. With no, starting with Remax Re- in '87. When did you start in the world of of? Um, 1977. 1977 in Virginia. Right. The first house you sold about fifty thousand mm, dollars. 
between 35 and 50, somewhere okay. in there. I can't really remember, but it's probably about 35. Has it always been 1%, 2%, 3%? What is your, what is when you were starting out? Because you're not a, I mean, when you're a broker, you get a little bit more, but when you're just, you're just listing the house, you're just selling the house, what do you get? Well, I mean, it's all negotiable. I mean, it's, everything it, is. It, in it, it, it's yeah. all negotiable. Uh, <clears throat> most people would probably say it's about six percent. Okay. You know, there, there was there was a lot of people getting seven percent there for a while in Denver. It's a hefty chunk of change there. Yeah. It's a good yeah, living. But now with the values up where they are, you'd be lucky to get out of there with six. Yeah. Remax in the number of how big you guys are compared to the others. Oh my. You're franchised all over the country now, right? All over the world. All over the world. Yeah. It's uh, fifty. I think it's 5,400 offices. I think that was about, at least a couple of years ago, it was about 5,400 offices all over the world. Isn't it amazing that it started right here? Yeah. I mean, the, and is, is he still around? Is Dave still? Oh, yeah. He's still how old, is, how old is Dave now, you think? 80? No, he's probably, I'd say he's in his late 60s. What year did he start it? Do you remember? I want to say 74. 74, and you came in in 87. Right. And when, when you came to Colorado in 87, where, what part of town did you live in? Southeast part. Southeast. Can you explain to our listeners where, where that would be? Well, it's Southeast, I started out, I guess, the first few months I was here living in Southeast Aurora, okay. which would be about, I don't know, kind of like in the southeastern corner of the, the, state. Of the metro area, yeah. so to speak. And uh, Denver sort of in the center, and I'm on the southeast side of that now what's my office is. now you know almost 30 years later 40 years later 30 years later 40 years later mm. i don't know um where are you now where are you living now highlands ranch highlands ranch mm-hmm. nice area mm-hmm. um eighth what is it seventh or eighth wealthiest county in the country is douglas county it's uh, unbelievable it's, it's and, right and one there. of the fastest growing counties in our country it seems like it's been back and forth believe it or not between uh, douglas county and uh a county just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And we've been back and forth with who's the greatest or fastest growing county. Back in 87, where did people want to live in this state? Where? What part did they want to live in? Do you remember? Well, I'm just trying to think. Because was there, was there a Westminster? Was there a Broomfield? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was the, okay. Yeah, everything was there. I mean, Highlands Ranch wasn't. Right. And uh, I, I was down there in Highlands Ranch when there probably wasn't 50 houses in the subdivision. Right, Highlands Ranch is about 1983 that started really... I think it was about 85. Okay, yeah, 85. 1985. So back in the 80s, back when you started with this, where did people want to start living there? They, they still want to be downtown? They want to be at you well, know, Wash you just, Park, Washington Park, which is down, a really lovely kind part of, of downtown? Kind of like north of County Line Road okay. uh, and, and anywhere, you know, kind of belong from... The southwest side of town before C-470 came in, it wasn't really close enough to commute to downtown. It would take you forever going through the surface streets to get there. Yeah. We, like I said, we love to live in little communities. And then the urban sprawl, did that start? Is that why, is that why Dave started Remax? He just realized, man, people are going to start building. No it, was, no, it was a concept. It's a 100% concept. Uh, it's a, <clears throat> Remax is a company where he was trying to get the cream of the crop. So everybody before Remax were paying a split to the company. When you came to Remax, it was a 100% concept. And the way Leninger told it, if you, when you're with the other companies, you're the horse and they're riding you. When you're at Remax, Remax is the horse and you're riding it because you don't have to pay for anything more than your, what you generate. 
And that's how you. And that's how you got. That's how they got people. That's how they got realtors to yeah, get the because team. Because if, if you knew you were going to be, I mean, at a certain point, you know, you're going to have a certain number of sales. Keep doing what you've been doing, and uh, it's a lot cheaper to uh, pay a flat fees and stuff like that than it is to pay somebody a percentage of what your take is. If we had someone out there in in the world that's listening to us and they want to get into the world of realty, a world world of realtor. What is it? Realty or realtor? What is it? Well, realty is the is more or less the act, and okay. realtor is the is a it's a professional organization that most real estate brokers uh, in Colorado everybody's a broker. It's just a degree of what broker you are. You're whether you're uh, an associate broker who has to have a lot of training and whatnot before you can open your own shop, or you're an employing broker and that's on your license. I have a, I'm an employing broker. Okay. So you're the higher one. Yeah, I've grandfathered in. Grandfather, grandfathered in. <laughs> now, <laughs> when, if someone wanted to get in the world of selling homes, what's the startup cost? <laughs> you know, I heard it's enormous. It's like, it's almost going to law school. No, not really. But it's, it's not cheap. Um, to start in uh, this business, you know, if you're out of college or don't go to college, you just want to start and get into the world of selling homes, what's the startup cost? And what does a kid or an adult who wants to start a new life have to do? Well, it's, it's not so much becoming licensed. I mean, you go through whatever school classes you got to go through. And uh, it's the selling and knowing what to do when you get out on your own street. I mean, you get, they teach you basically what you need to know to become licensed. And after that, you got to figure out what to do with it. Interesting statistic that most out of 100% of the people who are licensed and within a year, 95% of them will be out of the business. It's like teaching. More or less. Yeah. So, so the, is it is it less than ten grand, less than five grand to start up, three grand? I mean, you got to well, go to school. You got to learn. Depends on depends on the person. Like, you know, if you're on a shoestring and you can get by cheap enough, you know, you're going to probably be out there ninety days if if you do everything right. You're going to be out there ninety days before you get paid. Okay. So it's more of your carrying costs and paying the stuff that you have to pay. And, I mean, so you don't want to start this job in debt. No. You want to you know have some. No, you got to have, have some, some savings. Yeah, you, know, you got to have some uh, some. Some so, operating room. You okay. know? I'd say anybody getting into the business today better be able to bankroll themselves for six months. So plus pay you have to pay to get into the field. So having ten grand in savings doesn't hurt. It, well, you could probably do it with that, depending okay. on what your overhead yeah, is. Yeah, what your overhead is. Yeah. Well, how much is the class to start at Remax? So let's say somebody's off the street and you guys have a you know a Craigslist ad or you know newspaper or whatever these days uh, to find a job at Remax, and you said you're looking for realtors, looking for looking for people to sell homes. Somebody comes in and you guys, all right. Well, well they, they're actually doing, have programs where they're uh, recruiting. Uh, recruiting people. Okay. And no, no Remax broker owner will recruit from another Remax broker owner. That's, you don't do it. But, so it's not like sports where if one team likes you, they offer you a little bit more money to come over. There's no money. Time. I mean, you can sit there and do nothing and make nothing and starve to death. Sure. You know? But what I meant was, it's not it, being being your your brokership and, and somebody else's brokership. You can't call them up and say, "Hey, come over to me. I'll take." Well, they do it all the time. Oh, they do, oh, they do it. Okay. Oh, I get probably a dozen invites a week. Sure, I'm oh, sure yeah. you do. And so, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not interested in making any changes. I'm it's pretty comfy where I'm at and doing what I'm doing. So. I'm not going to. I've been at my office since 1987. Yeah. So. So I'm not going to change. You're comfy, cozy. Yeah. Which, what, why? You know, I see people change offices, and 
the only good thing about it is it causes you to do the things you should have been doing all along anyway. Yeah, it makes you change. Right, but but in reality, it's like anything else. You're just going to trade a set of problems for another set of problems. So you might as well fix what you got where you are. I have been told this, and a lot of people will agree. Your job, when you were, I know you're a broker now, you're kind of high up on the food chain now, but when you started off, and some, you've seen some of the younger people do, it's one of the most, it's one of the hardest jobs out there in America. You because you get stepped on, you get rejected, you get no-shows, you get people who say, no, I'm not going to buy it. You get people who play the other one against the other one. I mean, you get mom versus dad. Why would anybody go into this profession? Is it just pay that well? If you, if you, get, a, if you get a silver tuna, you just, you're like, oh, this is awesome. I, I don't mean, know. It's a, it's a pretty tough question. No, I, well. I, I can't. I don't know. You're not going to hurt yourself. If you no, I'm something. just saying it's a tough question. It could be a lot of different reasons. I, I know the one thing that I hear sometimes, well, if I can't do this by a certain time, then I guess I'll just go in real estate. And I said, well, I'll say, well, I wouldn't, not with that attitude. <laughs> no. Hey, what type of attitude it. does it take? I'm willing to do anything I have to do to get, it, get there. Yeah. I'm willing to work. I mean, I work. I don't know. I mean, you're to the point where you don't have your headshot on here anymore. Uh, on your business it, card? I never did put it on I, there. Don't you think, why, why, do, why, is that, why do people do that? Because well, in California, they're actors. they got to get their headshot out there somehow, right? Right. Well, yeah. well, I mean, why, why do people do that? I don't care what you look like. I just well, want you to be a good person and sell me a house. Yeah, but I guess some people are a little more photogenic than others, <laughs> and maybe that might help. <laughs> it goes back to that well, you've young You've got thing. a friendly face. People will buy a house from you. You've never, ever, in your... In your how many years have you been doing it now? 30, 38. 38? And you're almost 40 years of doing this. You've never put your picture no. on this. And you're one of the most successful guys in this. Well, I don't know about that. No, no, you are. But, but, I read about you. You've done very well. So, well, <clears throat> you know, it's just I, I never felt like it was going to help me sell a house. No. Or, or help me. You know, there's, there's a lot of people out there that probably... Their picture might pay off a whole lot better than mine on the card. <laughs> oh yeah, like a dating service. Yeah, I want to buy a house from her. Yeah. yeah. Are the guys and you know, the girls want to go? I want to buy a house from him. Right. That type of thing. All right. Well, very fair. Very fair. To to start, you know, so once you once you've got all this stuff going, you've started with Remax or any other or any other uh, sell a home company. Um, does it cost money to be a part of Remax? Don't you have to buy the oh, yeah. business cards and the pens oh, and the my, pencils? When and I, the chalks and, the, and all, the, all the stuff you got to put, you know, this open house stuff, that's all on you, right? Yeah. When that, I went, they don't do that. When I went to Remax, yeah. I had a war chest of a, a little over 30000 Of stuff? Ca no, cash. Oh, 30000 Okay. And that so you, was were, the, you were ready to go. That was, I had to do that in order to make sure I could survive. Sure. And so, uh, and then I made, I was so scared, I guess, I made, I don't know, by the end of the, I was just trying to remember, I think. By the end of that year, I'd made. I came in in May. By the end of that year, I'd made about ninety grand. Wow. Yeah, I was. That's fear. That's very good. <laughs> yeah, going out yeah there. you don't want to starve. Yeah, I just you know work seven days a week. You just kept going. And you had a family too, right? During that when time. When I started at Remax, my son was just being born, about okay. to be born. And how many children do you have? Two. Two, all grown. Right. All grown up. Anybody in the business? No. Nobody's in the business. No. You said no. Don't go do something else. Well. It's possible, you know. I, I just wanted them to find their own way. Is it saturated now? Are there so many people? Because I know during the boom, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. You know, during the, you know, that we all know what happened after the boom. But from you know 2000 to about you know 2006, my goodness, you, you, anybody could buy a house. Mm -hmm. But back now, it seems like everybody and their brother has a license, 
because during the summer teachers will sell a house. You know, if they sell one house during the summer, they made some good money. Or you know, everybody has um, a realty license now. But why is that? It's not, easy. it's not an easy job. See, people, a lot of times what's true or false doesn't really matter. What people perceive as true, and fa- true or false is what counts. Right. And it, the perception could be accurate. It may not be. It's, hmm. it's uh, in that particular thing. You know, it's, it's a business where you make or break yourself, you know. I never, I never thought about the competition. Never have considered it. I, no, you can't. I don't do it that way. I just I have to decide on how I'm going to do it and do the things that I'm doing and and uh, and you know just do it, hope for the best. You know? Has real has real estate in your forty years has it always been boom and bust, boom yeah, and bust. Pretty much. Has it always gone up and down? Right. I mean, you spent most of your career in Colorado, so it's honestly right. not been that bad. Right. But the times you weren't here, we had we had a little bit of a, a boom. <laughs> Where everybody and their brother, even if you didn't have an income, could buy a home. Right. Why did we do that to our country in your mind, in your professional opinion? Money. That's all it was? Yeah. Just greed? Yeah. Good old-fashioned American greed? Absolutely. And it was just, it's two companies and one, you know, two companies right there in, in, uh, in California said, let's, let's do this. Let's destroy our country. I mean, not destroy, I don't think they knew that was going to happen. But they knew these people were not going to be able to pay in five years. They're not going to be able to pay... You know, two thousand dollars a month, three thousand dollars a month, in five years. Four. Four. Excuse me. Four years. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, because you know you signed a five. There was that five-year arm thing they said. Or, right. Yeah. Well, you know, actually, if, if when when the interest rates went way up, that was about nineteen eight between nineteen eighty and nineteen eighty-five. I think it was. It was kind of high. It was tough. And. Um, you just better know where you're looking for your business. Yeah. Yeah. How did you survive 2000? I mean, how did you survive 2008 to 2011? Because there were so many people who were just done. I mean, just couldn't survive. Well, to me, I've always looked at it a little differently than a lot of people would. When it's tough and everybody's getting out of the business, I got less competition. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Feast <laughs> so, or famine. So, yeah. yeah. So. You know, just keep hold the course. It doesn't seem like Remax was really involved in any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You guys step, kept selling homes to people who could afford it. Now, answer me this. Answer me this. Was there a time <laughs> when you had to go, when you, were, when you were selling a home and somebody wanted to buy a home, you had to go to their place of business, make sure they had that job, make sure they had you know, every, the papers, make sure they were who they said, make sure they, everything on paper was exactly... Who they were, and mm-hmm. kind of more or less, yeah. but not really. I mean, I generally speaking, people tell you what's going on. It's, it isn't gonna. They can tell you whatever they want to tell you because once they sit down there with the lender, the truth is gonna be out. And there's no point in getting in a car with somebody until they've been to the lender. Okay. lender. We're, we're used to. So when when somebody says I want to buy a house, you're like, well, have you seen a lender? Have you gone to a lender? Or you know somebody, right? You're like, I, I know. Well, yeah, but you know it's. Yeah, you're right, but it's just kind of not done that way. I mean, I I don't want, you know, I just ask questions and see where they, you know, see what they're up to, what they're thinking. You know, when you're you're going to work with somebody to sell them a house, you really need to find out about their lifestyle and how they want to do that, and find out sure. what they like to do, where they're working, you know, uh, how they're going to acclimate, where they're going to buy, because somebody may have to buy someplace that's going to be 
a longer distance to work because that's where you can afford to buy the home. Right. You know, but everywhere. Location, location, location. Everywhere in the metro area today, it's expensive. Sure it is. You know, in fact, uh, it wasn't, I was reading some article, oh, maybe close to a year back, and uh, their assertion was that the buy-in in Colorado, if you want a single-family home, you're moving here. You better be ready to spend 250 grand. Absolutely. Now, in Remax terms, do you guys still only list kind of more of the higher end homes? Or are you selling everything now? No, as long as it's sellable, I expect any of us would list anything we could. Okay. Yeah, especially as long, now. As long. And can you explain to me and the rest of the crowd, you know, the difference between a you know a lot of people have to do like what's a quick a quick sale, and what is a quick sale called? It's usually called a. There's a term for when you got to sell your house really quick. You. You, you owe too much, you have oh, to... Oh, oh, fire sale it. <laughs> what is it? Fire, fire sale, sale, yeah, yeah. fire sale. Um, or quick sale, yeah. The, um, how does that work? Like, I mean, if somebody's so upside down, because there are people still, to this day, who are upside down in their house from our, from our uh, recession. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. They I don't should, see how you could be. There's, everybody should be out by now, right? Right. And what they do is they make a phone call, get out, or sell their house, or, right. or do whatever they have to do to get out of it. Yeah, I mean, there's... There's ways. It depends on where the loan is and what it, wh- how much it's going to take to clear it. Explain that. Well, I mean, like if you got a house that's going to say for sell for say three hundred, and you got two hundred and eighty-five thousand in financing, you have a tough time selling that house. Or, or and what we were seeing with the short sales was short sales. Yeah. What, 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 what? Uh, let, let's say again, a, a home with a three hundred thousand dollar or three hundred thousand dollar home. Uh, once they started short selling, your neighbors were killing you, you know. Cause so, you, I was seeing houses that would sell for, say, the three hundred, and then after the short sale started, six months later, those same houses were selling for two 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 seventy five. Wow. And and that was a mistake. We should have never done that. That that really messed things up. And I I never was behind that to start with. Are there still people out there who are afraid to buy a home because of that crisis? They're like, I just, I don't know. I don't want that to ever happen to me. Well, you you know, you would think so, but it seems like when you're out there anymore today, I mean, I've seen houses sell for 40000 over list. Yeah, Americans forget quickly, don't we? Right. right. When we come back, we're going to talk about location, 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 and how, you know, buying a brick home, building your own home, buying land, building your own home on that land, all that good stuff, which is the best thing to do right now, how to do that and how the boom in Colorado is happening right in front of our eyes. And we'll be back right after that. Just to kindly reminder everybody that the show is brought to you by our official drink, Zing Tea, the official drink of the topic of conversation. Anytime that you are around the Denver metro area or just around your grocery stores in the United States and Canada, Zing Tea is right there, X-I-N-G-T. You go to X-I-N-G-T.com. That's Zing Tea, the official drink of the topic of conversation. I'm your host, Rob Scoggins, and just want to remind you to have a thing for Zing. Zing Tea at your local superstores and your convenience stores around the country. Thank you. My name is Rob Scoggins. I am the host of the Topic Conversation, and we are back with the number one guy. He is a Hall of Famer, broker, and Lifetime Achievement Award winner with Remax. He is Mike Duvall. We are so happy to have him here. He is talking us talking to us about the world of real estate. We've learned a little bit about the boom and bust and how all that stuff works, but now we're going to learn about the booming of Denver, Colorado. Everybody wants to move here. Why do I think it's that way? Well, we do have legalization of marijuana. We also are the eighth largest state in the union. We have great schools. We have a wonderful way of living out here. We're a healthy state. 
and we're a high state. Uh, we're going to talk about it right now. Mike, Mike, Mike uh, tell me, how is this happening? I mean, it obviously happened before marijuana. Marijuana has been only legal now for almost you know, a full two years. But this was before. This, people like Colorado. And it seems like people from California, Texas, Illinois, and the East Coast love it out here. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, I, it, I don't know how much of it is that it's one of the most popular places and the most popular place to live now, according to, I forget who the one was that I saw that. There's Home and Garden. Yeah. It's got us, Home and Garden magazine has the has two of the best cities to live in, which is Louisville, Colorado, and Boulder, Colorado. Some of the best places to raise children are in Colorado Springs. You know, we're a very, Durango, if you want to live in the wilderness, you know, we have a lot of cool great towns all over this state. Uh, but there's been Home and Garden, there's been Newsweek, and there's been um, the New York the Time, it's, it's, no, New York uh, U.S. News and Report has put us on the list of 10 fastest growing cities, one of the fastest growing states, and of course, um, we just hit the over 600,000 mark in downtown Denver. So that puts us in the top 20 of cities in size, of population. Well, you know, back in the 80s, uh, when I moved out here, I was, I was moved here actually in September of 1982. And um, about the time I got in the business, about a year later, the bust happened. Okay. And, and um, basically at that point in the 80s, Colorado was just very dependent on oil and gas. And whenever the oil wasn't doing well, we didn't do well. If the oil was doing well, we did great. So you'd have times when the market would go up and it would just be wild but because oil and gas was booming. And then when it started to bust, they actually pulled out of here, pulled out of Wyoming. And uh, the joke was at the time, if you're the last guy in Wyoming, would you please turn out the lights on your way out? And so all of it pretty much left Denver. And uh, the governors, I have to give it to them, the, the, all the governors we've had since the early 80s, have been very much pro-business, and especially the governor we have now is pro-business. And uh, so, all the way from Pena to Hickenlooper you know, has they, been you know pro-business. They, they, everybody knew that we needed to diversify the economy, and especially our leaders. And they they really got in there and did a good job. Actually, I mean, we've they brought a lot of lot of business to Colorado, and they haven't had to give away tax base to do it. That's true. And so. You know, it's a great place to be. I mean, it's, it's a good environment. It's a, it's a relatively safe city, comparatively speaking. If, if you look at it compared to eastern cities, it's a lot cleaner. Uh, there's a lot of good things going on. Um, i tell you, there's a couple of interesting things. We are, as far as technology goes, there's only Silicon Valley ahead of us. There's really? nobody else. No. Colorado is also only second to Washington, D.C. for number of government employees. And, uh, oh, because of the because of the springs and all the other mm-hmm. armed forces well, no, that we they, have here. We have a lot of like the, the departments, not department, just, sure, Department but, of Defense and well, the, prison, Department prison, of Prisons sure. is here. We got um, you know all of the Homeland Security things, and but you also have all the like uh, GSA. You have they're all out there in the Fed Center. Uh, it's just different federal offices with different 
areas of the government out here. And I, I can't say why, I don't really know, but I know th that we are only second to Washington, D.C. for government employees. That's incredible. Yeah. So when you, you take that kind of stuff and then add into that that uh, they have uh, diversified the economy by virtue of bringing in a lot of industry, not industry, but commercial, uh, corporate headquarters, um, it's, it's been really good for the state. In fact, everybody, it seems like, Everybody that I talk to from out of state thinks that marijuana is what's causing our state to A bone. lot of people feel that way, yeah. yeah and it, it's, I don't think it's true. I mean, the same people. It's only people, been two years. It can't be. Well, the same people who had the, the medical marijuana were the ones that were the first ones out to get the uh, non-medical marijuana stores open. I mean, they had the learning curve down. Everybody else coming in had to go through that learning curve. Sure. And so... Uh, I don't, I don't want to say it's saturated. I haven't any idea. I just know that that's not driving the real estate market. And what I think is the diversification. Uh, a lot of people came here for the high-tech jobs because, uh, uh, you know, like California has uh, Silicon Valley, we have uh, interlocking. Okay, yeah. And, 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 and then there's a lot of high-tech in the tech center as well and down in through Denver. So I live in Jefferson County, Golden, Colorado. Uh, not far from me is is Evergreen and, and Genesee and places like that, where there's some land you could buy. How much would a plot of land in that, that section of Jefferson County go for in your, in your guesstimation? You know, we really don't, haven't ever really done it that way. We've, we've always, since I've been here, it's been more of the, uh, like Richmond Homes, and they're going to buy a big piece of ground, develop it, and, and, um, and sell off that way. And they sell lots because they're going to, they want to have control. No, they do it all now. Yeah, they do it all. It's always been that way. But there's still some pioneers who want to build, find their own land, build their own wood or, you know, or, you know, brick building or brick home themselves. Can they still do that in Colorado or is it getting harder and yeah, harder? If you have enough money. Enough money. What, what would that take? How much money would that take? I don't think you could do it. I'm not even sure you could do it for half a million if you're wow, right, okay. in the, right in the metro so area. So half a million somewhere. dollars, that's a lot of money. I'd say it'd have to be over that. Okay. So like you said, you said Richmond Homes, there's there's a couple of others, a couple other great great companies out there who build homes and build subdivisions and things like that. If I was calling from Washington DC, I worked in the I worked in, you know, the, the FCC or something like that, and I wanted to relocate out here for I had a job coming up, they weren't gonna relocate me, but I needed to. Are there sections of the town or of the Denver metro area or just of the Colorado? Where if people from D.C. call in, you're like, well, you should live over here. No. If Californians, now people do call Highlands Ranch Little California. Now people who, you know, from California, they go to Highlands Ranch. If I call in from Texas, they go to Westminster. If I call in from, if I call in from Peru, they go to Aurora. You know, that type of thing. Um, it, where, do you, where do you place these people? Or is it just whatever, whatever never, fits their wallet? Right. It, it, what, it's usually a function of cost. Okay. And, and, uh, but the whole metro area is expensive. I mean, there really isn't. If you're inside of the metro area, it's expensive. Is um, is Aurora the least expensive area to live in right now? Well, there's two Auroras, kind of. You know, there's the one to the north and the one to the south. Right. So. So is the one to the north more less more less expensive? Or oh yes, yeah, absolutely. North is less expensive. Yeah. When you hit when you're going towards the south. You hit Cherry Creek School System, and that's one of the most Boom. popular systems. Everybody wants to be in that one, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the most popular school systems out there. North Aurora, what could I get? A, a two-bedroom, two-bath, finished basement, uh, nice yard, backyard for a dog and a kid, you know, 
How, how much? Well, You'd be lucky to do it for two fifty. Two fifty. So two fifty is really a good entry level nice house in Colorado, yeah, you Denver could, metro area. Yeah, you could do well. You, it'd be hard to find. It's hard, hard to, to find. find. I'd, I'd say it seems to make a, a starting point for a lot of people. Two fifty, three hundred is where a lot of people want to be. And that, why can't why can't somebody just why can't Richmond Homes just build a chunkload of those? They just it could can't. cost. Yeah, no, that's what I'm kidding. You can't. It's the material costs yeah. and the labor costs. Labor used to be. Less What's the than 50%. cost of building a home? Yeah. $100,000? Well, $150,000? To build a home? Yeah. Because, I mean, there's going to be some sort of, they've got to make some sort of money well, when they sell it. I mean, once again, it, I don't think. Build it for 200 sell it for 150 250 You could do some attached housing maybe for less, but I think it's going to have to be all over three hundred grand, maybe a little bit more. To get, to get into a good home? Into a newer home. Into a newer home, okay. Yeah, yeah and depending on. I don't like to talk in terms of one area being better. No, than of course not. Area, no, no, no. But, I just meant. But, I just but, meant if somebody was listening and they wanted to move to Colorado and they didn't have a lot of means, and North Aurora would be a great place for them to start. Maybe. Maybe. Just maybe. Spends, just, okay. So too many. You know, there is. When you're I mean, talking about condos downtown are going for millions of dollars. Oh yeah. Went, I mean, even homes right over here in Sloan's Lake, two million dollars. Well, you know, that comes down to the three most important things about real estate. Location. Location, location. There you go. That's correct. Yeah. And it and that drives everything. And the the closer in you are, the more it costs. Uh, Denver itself is incredibly expensive. You know, I mean, Southwest Denver, you might get in something over there if you want to live there, but the house is kind of old and funky, and you know, you might not, you know, maybe be other locations you like better. Now, I read, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if it was Remax, I'm not sure if it's you, Mike, or one of your colleagues, but there is a guy who's gone rogue, kind of like James Bond. And he has said, and he's put it in the newspaper, he's put it in the Westward, which is a magazine, local magazine here, that he is selling real estate to people who enjoy marijuana. So yeah, there's, a, there's yeah. a, yeah, you saw that too? Yeah. There's a community now of marijuana users. <laughs> I don't know where it is, because I haven't, you know, quite figured that out yet. But there is a, he is actually be creating a, a, a neighborhood of people who like to smoke because no one else cares. You're like, who cares? You know, you smoke, I smoke, great. Um, that's a kind of a neat idea. And that's been done, I'm sure, with other social systems too, like people who like to drink beer on their lawn, people who like to walk around in their bathroom at night, you know. I don't know if that's done, but uh, tell me some unique things that are done like that, you know, a community of pot smokers. I, I haven't really run into that. Um. I don't know about this age, this real estate agent that's doing that. I I would have been very remiss in doing that because it's kind of like being typecasted after that. Sure, you are. He's going to have a hard time busting out of that. The other, well, you make was, some good money in five years. No, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> okay. No. I mean, it, it's not like enough. yeah, but really don't really recognize. I I just can't imagine people going to somebody to buy houses. Because they smoke pot, that just doesn't make sense to me. You know, I don't, I don't see that happening uh-huh. unless he's going to give away some free samples. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but it, I, I don't know. I, I would, I wouldn't have chosen a path like that. So, so Remax has no, they just do it all. They sell homes for you know sixty thousand dollars that need fixing up, and they sell the ones that are two million, even five million dollars. They don't have a section of the world they just sell to because a lot of realty companies do. They'll, they'll pick a section of the world they sell to, and that's it. Kind of like a car business. You know, if you sell Porsches, you're going to get people who can only afford Porsches. Uh, if you sell used cars, you're going to get people, you know, that, that's what I meant. 
Is that true in the in the realty world as well? There are is there companies out there who just sell used homes? And I don't mean used no, homes, pre-owned no. home, pre-lived in homes, you, whatever it's you called. You know, I'll tell you, most real estate agents will sell about whatever they have to sell. You know, what they'll do whatever they they have to do. And they don't really, you know, what what you're talking about could be considered steering, and okay. we, we don't do that. No. And and realistically, you know, we just try to find out what people are what they want to do. You know, like how do you, how, you know, how do you want to live? What's your what's your lifestyle? What's important to you to so be near? So when you come to Remax, you really do meet someone who cares, who's going to sit you down, talk about what your needs and concerns are, what type of lifestyle you live, what type of section of of, of lifestyle you want, and you place them right. You say, right. Hey, hey, man, I think I think I think Genesee might be good for you. Maybe Morrison might be good for you. If they like live music, they're right next to Red Rocks. Well, but, I mean, that's really how you interview somebody to give them a home, correct? Well, like, let me give you, for instance, I had a guy that uh, was coming in, and, you know, he was about spending enough money to do pretty much what he wants to do, you know. And and when they were coming in, they were from Illinois. Okay. Been in flatlands all their lives and all that. and uh, Not used to the altitude. And stuff like that. But they just were all about the mountains and wanted to go there. So I don't try to discourage anybody from doing that. I just try to get homes information to them that they can identify what looks good to them and then when they get here I'll set everything up and we go out and take a look and basically I knew that these people would not end up in the mountains I knew it to start with okay and and when I was standing there with them looking down off the side of this driveway that fell off like straight down 500 feet I looked down I looked down at that, and I looked back at them, and I said, what kind of car did you say you were driving? <laughs> and, uh, and I said, you know, I, I mean, we're here in the summer, but do you have any idea what happens here in the winter? And we're talking, like, in Denver, you may not, you know. May not you be able to move. Be able, yeah. you, you could be up here in three feet of snow, but in Denver, you could be playing golf. So where would you rather live, you know? And and so I, I don't really try to, I, I try to give them the type, type of information they need to have to make the decisions themselves. That's are, what I do. Are brick, are brick homes still very popular? People still want to live in brick homes? Because I've seen a lot of homes be made, not, not inexpensively, but I mean, I've seen, I've seen particle boards. I've seen, you know, different, different ways of building a home. But brick, the building like we're in, in, in Brooklyn's here, um, people still want that, don't they? Yeah, but you just don't really have the, the type you have to have the clay in order to do that. And Colorado really just doesn't have much clay. And so you have to, a lot of times, I know they're making it somewhere here in Colorado, making bricks, but I expect they're pretty expensive. And and it's expensive no matter what you, how you get them. So it, it, either they're going to be expensive to make or expensive to ship in. That's why we don't see that many of them. In the realty world, does birds of a feather flock together? You know, like this is Brooklyn's. We're at Brooklyn's. The reason why this area is called Brooklyn's is because this is where the Jewish community uh, kind of came came together in uh, in Colorado, and they built all these homes and built this area of, and they called it Little Brooklyn uh, because of all the New Yorkers and everybody from the East Coast who was coming here. Do we still see that now in Colorado? No, there's not, not so really, much. I mean, really they're sections. still there. They're still, it, it, you know, there's an area where the Jewish couple areas where Jewish people you think of them living there more dominantly than other places, and it really has to do with. Um, I think it has to do with, with temples and where the, where the where places of worship and things like that. Because yeah, you know they got to walk. I think it's Saturday. They have to <laughs> walk everywhere they go. So. There seems to be like a lot of old money in Washington Park 
it seems like the, the gay and lesbian community kind of live in Cheeseman Park. Am I incorrect, or is that kind of where, where things are going inside the city? You know, I think anybody's going to live, if they want to live in the city, it's probably not being driven necessarily, I would imagine. I wouldn't want to say that gay people wouldn't live in, in, in Washington Park and they'd only live in Cheeseman Park, because I don't right. think that's true. I think they, anybody lives anywhere, no matter what they like. You know? yeah, they're going to find what they like. Right. So birds of a feather and, and But you together. do tend to see people that are first generation coming in from a lot of different co- countries they tend to flock together in certain areas. Where do the millennials want to live? Where, where are they migrating to? These are, these are the people who are under 35 years old. Where, where are they kind of gravitating to? I've heard, a, I've heard some stories that they don't even want to live in homes. They just want to live, you know, wherever. But where are they seen? Because I'm sure some of them are getting married and having children now. Where are they, where are they gravitating to? In the city of Denver? Our, our metro area, wherever. I think that they would... There's always an interest in being downtown. There's sure. always where the, I mean, but you got to pay the freight. And yeah. if, if you could only afford to live in a condo, if you're going to live downtown, or you could live, say, out in the burbs and you'd have a single family home for the same money, it's just a question of how they'd rather live. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I find that it's more often a, a choice of lifestyle than it is anything else. That's what it, it is. That drives people, yeah. And where they want to live. Like, if you want the, the urban environment, then you're going to have to be in the city to get it. You just won't get that out in the burbs. Some of the things that their developers are doing today is they're developing these, like, I'm sure you've seen the, a couple of these. Uh, uh, More modern homes? Well, I was going to say that, like all the, the, the little, the little mini towns that they've built. Yeah, absolutely, you know? yes. And, and I yeah. think they're trying I mean, trying a good to, example of that, what would be Stapleton? Yeah. Or, 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 yeah. or Belmar? I don't know. Well, uh, in Lakewood, I don't know. What I'm talking Maybe about I'm is like the, the biggest one I'm talking about is the one out there, the shopping center out there on Smoky Hill Road, oh. at, at, at just east of uh, C470. Okay. And and uh, that mall there, uh, if they set them up like kind of like little towns with streets and everything, you know, and every place has them now. Where Silas Ranch has a little area. Sure. It it it, it gives a more feel of a of feel old of old town of feel. A community. Okay. More of a community feel, and and I know when I was they were. When I first came, started selling in Highlands Ranch, for instance, you know, it's an unusual area because you have things to sell more than the house. Like, you know, it's got rec centers, it's got everything there, and a couple minutes from your house. You never you have to leave your community. Nothing. You're just never. like a, a little downtown of yourself. Right. And so, but when they, I thought, how are you going to turn a subdivision into a community and that, to have an area that, uh, you know, a center to the to to it, like, and what they did there was they did the little town center thing, and they had a, a little strip center, and they got libraries and and, and a, a one of those outside theaters, you know, a couple yeah. of those around, and so everything kind of there's a lot of activities that kind of happen there, and it gives it the feel of a community, that's very and nice. and that's where I think that people would opt to be in a community. I also see people that have that. I want to say. You know, it's either it, it could be price. It's it, generally speaking, when you're in Castle Rock or Parker, it's cheaper than some other areas like Highlands Ranch. Absolutely. It might be, but it costs less than that. That that's a driver to get more for for less. But and is all, that in anywhere country? Is that all over our country? You know, kind of every little, all the bigger cities that are are booming right now. I think so. Like San Antonio and 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 Austin and. And um, you know um, Santa Monica, all those all those cities all over our country, they're just becoming more and more popular. Yeah, 
You know, I, I, you know it, it seems like, I mean, living in the city is a lot of fun. I mean, it, it, it is. You know, I'm, it's could, easier. You don't, have, yeah. you, don't have, you don't have to own a car anymore. Right. Yeah. And, and so there's a lot of fun things about it. I mean, if, if for an evening's entertainment, I mean, finding one of these little neighborhood bars, it's, you know, it's the locals there, and it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. Or you can go to bigger venues. You know? People are saying the suburbs now are more violent than the city. In I Colorado. Know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really an authority on those kind of statistics. Okay. I'm more about houses and sure. that sort of thing. And I don't want to get into a position where I'm saying one neighborhood is dangerous and another one isn't. Of course I, not. I don't, I don't want no, to do that. I, I don't think there's any neighborhood in, in the metro area that's dangerous. No. But I'm, I'm a guy. Correct. Me too. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, women may have a whole different perception of that. How many homes have you sold personally? Not, not, not your staff and not your outreaches, yeah. but how many have you sold in your career personally, do you think? Oh Just give gosh. me a number. I mean, I, it'd be hard to figure it out. I'd say it's, it'd have to be over 1,000. Over 1,000. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of homes. I would think so. So you're I doing would, pretty well. Uh, Financially, yeah, you're doing okay? okay? Yeah. Yeah? All right. Um, in, in your career, how many, how many people have you relocated? I mean, from, do they call you directly from a different state or they just know that you do this or or they know that you do it with inside the city and inside the state too it's a complicated thing to explain okay to make it simple yeah layman's terms basically i get that kind of business through relo companies i work for okay so uh, like marriott's one of them i work for all right i, you know, I bring those people in half for a while for a long time and then uh, you know there's other companies that specialize we call them uh, home uh, third-party companies because okay. basically let's say for instance take United for instance yeah, okay. they they don't they got to move people all over the place all, all the time all the time and and uh, you're talking about pilots and and staff members mostly this yeah the pilots okay too. but those guys have a lot of leeway they can they can live about wherever they want to live I mean it, it's just depending on what your function is for that company. But, but what I'm going to say about them is, is their business is, is traveling, you know, in airplanes. Uh, they don't, are not in the business of buying and selling houses. When they have an employee that has to move from Denver to, you know, Illinois, Chicago, for instance, there's a problem. For them to move, they got to sell a house or solve the problem. So that's, that's the kind of thing that, that, you, do. You, you, that yeah. you have to, I look at selling a house more as something that is preventing someone from doing what they want to do now. Nice. It worked for them before, now it's not working because. What's the, how, what's the fastest you've ever sold a house? An hour? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? About that. One hour. Yeah. Just like, yeah, I'll take it. You know, they weren't standing there, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you got to get long, the information out What's there. the longest oh my it's God, ever taken I don't you? know, maybe. A year? Yeah, baby. Over maybe. a year? No. A year. 12 yeah. months. Wow, that's a long I, time. I'm not sure if I've ever taken that long to sell a house, no you matter just, like, what. I, 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 no, I just don't think it. I don't ever remember a situation where. It's not to say I, I haven't ever lost a listing or anything like that, but for the most part, I don't go into it. I can usually pretty much figure out what's going to happen based on how we start the deal going between the seller and I. I can pretty much tell you how it's going to go. You have stayed with this company for a long time. Mm -hmm. It speaks volumes to you. It speaks volumes to 
this country. It speaks volumes to it, starting in Denver, Colorado. Remax, starting right here in Denver, Colorado. Why have you stayed for so long? At that company? Yeah. <laughs> well... At Remax. Why have you stayed at Remax? Because I'm Because you could have gone anywhere. Yeah, I'm pretty, I mean, at some point, I'm sure somebody called you and said, dude, come over here, I'll give you this. To yeah, me. About, at least a couple times a week. Yeah. But, you know, to me, it's always been a, a, you know, I know what my problems are there, and I can either deal with them or I can't. Well, I've been able to deal with them for that period of time. I know it's one of the largest realty companies in the world now, but does it still have a family feel here in Denver? It's a franchise sure. operation, and the, the feel is going to be derived off whatever office that you're working with. It, it's an independent group of people that believe in a certain philosophy, and that's how they're going to work their career. Uh, you know, there's, there's brokers like our broker. We have a new broker now, and he's going to be looking at some of the newer agents that are just getting licensed and that sort of thing. Um, you know, we, we all kind of like, you know, it's, it's to our benefit for our broker to, to not just survive, but to, to uh, make money. Mike, if I wanted to move out of Denver um, and I wanted to move somewhere, I mean, if I want to move out of Golden to Denver or if, I, if anybody moving into this state uh, or moving around the state, why would they pick Remax? Why would they, why would they go with you guys? I think it's more of an individual thing. I don't think it has anything to do with the company. It has and, to do with you. Yeah. It has to do I mean, with working the, with the, Mike. The, the, you know, if you meet a stranger and you're a Remax broker, obviously they know what you, you know, they know that you're probably successful. You wouldn't be able to stay at Remax. Sure. You know, and anybody that's in Remax long term has to be pretty successful because yeah. the bills are very regular, but sales <laughs> may not be. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I've watched people over the years do things and it just amazes me sometimes, you know, like, like as soon as somebody has a good year, uh, they're out there buying themselves a Mercedes and this, that, and the other, and they got all this overhead. They and, don't get it, do they? And, and, and it's like, I just told these guys recently that we had a really good year, and now they're going to start their own company. And I said, hey, good luck. Yeah. It should probably, probably crash and burn. They don't get it, do they? No, he, he will. What's the biggest advice you'd give to somebody who wanted to start into the home selling world? Well, you got to, I would think you would have to have, you'd have to be an outgoing kind of person, somebody that, Personality. that, that you can talk to people, you can talk to, you know, somebody on the high end of the food chain or on the low end of the food chain and be just as comfortable. And, Find commonality with them. Yeah. Right. You know, you know and I, that's what I think. So I, a good I, learned person would help these days. A friendly, outgoing kind of person would, would be helpful and, uh. But again, that, that war chest and, and doing the right things and, and not wasting your time and getting too much overhead going, live on a shoestring. You know, you got to cut your costs way down if you're going to make it in this business to start out. That's good advice from a huge professional like yourself. How can people find you? Where can they, you know, where, where can they find you? Where, they can, where can they look you up? What, where, yeah, if they want to work with you. Just go to Google and type in uh, Mike Dovel or Michael Dovel and it'll come right up. Spell that for them. D-O-V-E-L. You can Dovel. also reach him at 303... I can't really... 888-6489. And that, that phone is with me all the time. I'm one of the few people out here that will still answer a phone. Yeah, and you've got a great Facebook page. You've also got um, a great uh, homepage, uh, which is just you. It's got your whole history, who you are, what you do, and all that good stuff. Outstanding, man. And, uh, and, a, and a website. And a website. Yeah, website's being 
being uh, updated and upgraded so as how, we speak. Are you ready for Rob's Fast Five questions? Sure. All right. How long is this boom of Denver and Colorado in the housing market going to last? How long can it last? You know, I think it's going to be something when it, when it slows down. It's going to be something coming at us from a national level. So I, we think in know. five years, next election? That's what the we'll predictions have one, are president at this for point. four years and the next one after that? You know, it's, Colorado has never been able to, to drive its own real estate market more than a year. Okay. And, and this took off about February of 2013, and we've been gaining you know, somewhere between 8 and 10% appreciation a year since then. There's areas where people haven't made as much. There's areas where people have made more. And, uh, I mean, I could tell you some really funny uh, stories. I mean, I made a guy 100, 200 grand. Wow. And I sold a house to him. But, you know, there's, there's more to it than that. Of but course he, there he is, made, yes. He made. Of course. He, and we knew. And when he could he, afford to do it. Well, when, when he bought it, it was one of those, I mean, a seller had just said, I'm done, sell it. And we just happened to walk through the door at the same time. And, and I said, oh, really? Well, then here's what I'm going to handle, hand them. And that's what they took. So to fully answer the question, you think it's going to be like 2021 where we see a little dip again after, you know, four years? Well, there, there's a thing. It's a business cycle. And, it's a seven, and the business cycles generally run for seven years. And, and uh, to go five more years, we're going to be outside of that box. But there's some really good things going on for Colorado, like the things that we just talked about and the high tech and all of that. But one of the things that's really a sleeper that a lot of people don't realize is how it's going to impact the metro area. Um, and I learned this from a guy in Dallas after they built their international airport down there. And, and that was driving Dallas back when... I couldn't understand why they were doing so much better than us. And I had some friends down there, and I sure. had dinner with a guy one night, and I said, if you had to say the one thing that's driving the economy in Dallas, what would that one thing be? He said, our international airport. Yeah. So ever since this has started, I've been sitting here waiting and waiting and waiting to see when the impact's going to happen. Um, you know, in order to be a major city, you're going to have certain infrastructure in place. Sure. And... Um, so the international airport, I think, is one. The, the, uh, a lot of conservatives out there would grit their teeth, but I think that mass transit is a must. You must have it. Whatever it takes, we got to have mass transit. You know, well, we have we, a pretty we, good we, system here. Yeah, well, it's getting pretty we have good. Light rail to the, we have light rail now to the airport. We have a decent infrastructure here in the city, and then you, know, I, you, you can get to where I live in Golden on, on light rail now. Right. So right. that's pretty good. Yeah, it would have come right into downtown, but they stopped it <laughs> in Golden. <laughs> What's the weirdest situation you've sold to like you've seen some goth people come in hey mike i want to live near a graveyard what's the weirdest <laughs> or hey man i really like the smell of manure you know what's the weirdest <laughs> request you've had to sell a house or what you like you know hey i love i love i love watching horses run by my house i want to live near yeah uh, you know I, <laughs> a nudist camp i don't know <laughs> i'm not sure that i can think of something that was that particularly the bizarre, bizarre. yeah <laughs> You, you don't know, have to name the family. You just, you know, no, it's I'm, not like I, you had I, the Adams family walk into you and say, I want to live near, you know. I wish I knew. I wish I could think. I'm sure I have a story. <laughs> I wish I could think of it, you okay. know. If it comes uh, to you while we're, while we're asking the questions, you can come back to You it. know, all I can say is. You is can be like, we can be like Steve Harvey on, on Family Feud Pass. You just say pass. And we'll go to the next question. Well, you know, I'm going to say it this way. The thing that I really like about the business yeah. is that I don't have to do the same thing every day. Nice. You know, and, sure. and one. 
a seller can fire me, a buyer can fire me, but I still go to the same place to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's the least amount of commission you've ever made? <laughs> this is a two-part question, by the way. I'm sure you know what the second one yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I look at it more from a monthly basis. Okay, you know, well, it just well, depends well on. let's just go with okay with a monthly. What's the least you've made in when you were at your when you're kind of at your peak? You know, I'm not talking about when you were starting out, but you know what you know what's the least amount you've made? Oh, you you have slow months. I mean, it, okay. it depends on how things hit, but you can, but but that's a grand. But, yeah, probably dollars? less than that. Yeah. Less than that, five hundred oh, yeah. bucks. Okay, yeah, something like that. Okay, but if that. And what's the best Mike has ever done in one month? I'd, I'd have to say it's probably about eighty thousand. Eighty thousand in a month, not it's, bad. It's not so bad. It, not bad. You know, th this economy is really tough for real estate brokers yeah. because there's no inventory, and you can't sell something that you don't have. So you might be in a great market, but if there's nothing to sell, what are you going to get? What are you going to do? Have you ever so, sold so, anybody famous? Have you ever sold anybody who's done really well in life? They're a celebrity or, mm. or or Denver celebrity or a sports star or anything like that? No, no nothing? No, nothing no, like it's that. Just, just your What's the wealthiest guy you've ever or gal you've ever sold to? How much were they worth? You know, it's they were worth enough to buy the house they wanted to buy. <laughs> oh, I, it's very I, diplomatic, very, very good. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just don't you know, once again, it's not one of those things unless they tell me. I don't you know, I, I can qualify somebody and they don't even know it. Sure. Okay. By talking to them. Yeah, and yeah. I can. I'll figure out pretty much what's that's going on. That's how good on, you are. You know, but not everybody can do it. That's been doing this a while. Back when you. Oh, sorry. You're. Go ahead. Finish. Well, and and that's just it. It. it I mean, I've dealt with some very affluent people. Sure. And, and, of course. And and, uh, and I've dealt with people that had to that really had a desire to own a home, and and it was a terrible uphill battle to do it, but they wanted it, and. Somebody wants to reach that hard and try that hard. Well, I'm certainly going to help them if Absolutely. I can. It's kind of fun, you know. When you were selling homes, what was your fail safe that you did? I've heard people, you know, bring in, you know, cookie smells. They they bake cookies. They do this. They do put they put something in the bedroom. Some some sort of scent or something. What's your fail safe? What what always worked for you when you were selling homes? Well, was it was it perfume on the bed? Was it when they <laughs> laid down? They're like, you, you know, it's it's like basically. It needs to show well. Okay. It needs to be reasonably accessible. In other words, you don't turn down appointments or, or everybody's got to come to look at my house between 1 and 2 sure. on a Wednesday afternoon. I, you know, that's not going to work out. Um, it may be in this market if it was worth a half a million you were selling it for, for 300 I'm sure you'd get a bunch of people willing to do whatever they got to do to get that house. What, make, what, makes, what makes Mike happy? What makes you happy? Just things are working right, you know, and, and just going along. You know, I like working hard. I, I like having a lot on my plate. And uh, I like, you know, at any given time, when things are going like they should, I should be juggling about 20 things all at one time. Stuff that's kind of close, stuff that's not ready to even get started yet. Uh, it's just, a, you know. So like, it's a great job for a multitasker, right? Yeah, it takes some. It takes some learning to be able to handle that kind of thing. I can't thank you enough for being here, being a part of the show, coming here, telling us how everything's going in Colorado in the world of realty. And uh, I wish you the best of luck with Remax, and I'm sure you're going to get uh, some great business. Will you ever retire? Will you ever? We're just going to keep going until you're. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be like Joe Pond? Just go until you're done. You know, I'm probably. 
would change what I'm doing to some degree, but I can't, as long as somebody wants to buy a house for me, I want to be able to sell it to them. That's awesome. Or if they want me to sell a house for them, I'm going to do it, whatever age I am. And I mean, it's a choice of... Could you retire if you wanted to right now? No. No, okay, you need to keep going. No, right. I, I, no I, I just, I'm not ready for that. I'm not, I, I, I'm not really in a position to do that. I'm not sure. ready for that. I don't want to be ready for that. I, uh, I don't know. Just, I'd rather, I, this is what I've always done. I've done this every day for 38 years. That's awesome. You know, and, and uh, I remember <laughs> my son once, uh, was coming down the stairs in the morning. He was a small kid. And I was into my day already. I, I was dressed. I'd been making phone calls and all suited up. And I'm really thinking about where I'm going and what I'm getting ready to do and all of that. My little boy standing there with a blanket in his hand and saying, Daddy, do we have to do real estate today? And I said, well, son, <clears throat> today we do, because that's what I do. I love and, it. And, and, uh, and if I'm known for anything, I'd like to be known as a successful broker. I think you are. A very successful broker. And an honest one. Absolutely, and that too. <laughs> but honest more than, than you know, I, I, at the end of the day, we can use a phrase like that. I believe it's important to be credible. I believe it's important to say what you mean and mean what you say. I think it's important to, if you promise somebody something, deliver it. And if you don't know that you can deliver it, then don't promise it. I love Never overpromise. Don't overcommit. If you can't do something, don't commit that you are. You know, the things that I see happen to people come from those things more than anything else. Sure. It's, it's like, you know. They're in it for the money. Yeah. You just want to get in and get out. Well, like, like no, it's, it's like any office out there, it's going to have good players and bad players in sure. it, you know. Uh, you just have to kind of find your own way. And and me, I I'm going to be as honest as the day is long. And um, I always have been. I uh, I give people what they want, what they need, what they're looking for. I get a real charge out of finding that and giving it and, and basically giving it to them. I had an attorney tell me once, I envy you real estate brokers. And I said, really, why is that? Because I would have thought it had been the other way around. Yeah. And he says, well, when I get done, you know, Nobody wants to pay me. Everybody's unhappy, you know. And nothing about, you know, it's just, it's not a good time. But when you guys get paid, everybody's laughing and telling jokes at the closing table. And I said, you know what? That's that's true. That's true. And and I like being able to do that. I, I enjoy seeing people reach their goals. And I love being a part of that. That is straight from the realtor's mouth, folks. That's Mike Duvall. You can see him and find him all over uh, the world of Remax. He helps you relocate right here to Denver, Colorado. And I thank you so much for being here. Thank you. All right. I'm Rob Scoggins. I'm your host of the Topic of Conversation. And I just want to thank you all for tuning in and listening live here at Audience and, of course, all over the podcast world. And I just want to kindly remind you to listen, talk, and laugh as much as you can. Wake up every day with a purpose to do good things for you and others. And you never know, you might be right here in downtown Denver at the original Brooklyn's as our Topic of Conversation. Thanks again. Have a great day and good night. It feels like years since I last really slept I got chills through my skin from nervous sweat Accelerating, hallucinating, I'm digging in my nails But one thing I have, they don't see me yet 
They'll fake a smile, hunting all the time, never close their eyes. But what they don't know, what they never gonna know, what they don't know, how to catch me. Such a white knuckle high when I burn too fast I'm addicted to the rush I'm addicted to the crash Dues are paid, my mistakes are made And all the money spent And there's no one now Who can hold me back me.